For our scripture reading, uh, we read first uh, just a few verses from Colossians chapter 3, the parallel section in the book of Colossians, and then we turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Colossians 3, read verses 18 to 21, just those verses, 18 to 21 of Colossians chapter 3. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. And now we turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We read Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And your fathers, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that ye might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. So far we read from the Holy Scriptures and the text that we consider. Tonight is verse 4. Verse 4, it reads, And ye fathers, promote, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Dearly beloved, in our Lord Jesus Christ, last time we had, uh, we considered the exhortation to, to children, and tonight we consider an exhortation to the Father specifically, although there would be an application to the, the, the mother as well, and really to, to all of us, to the teachers in our school, but also to, to all of us as we are called to bring up the children, to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of, of the Lord. Well, it's at this time of the year that we have a joyful time as we see a number of you that are graduating, a number of our children graduating, and that's a joyful time for, for the child, for the young person. It's also a joyful time for the parents and for the grandparents as we see our children mature and we see them grow and as they reach various milestones in their life. And we rejoice together. And it's a time that we also thank God for our Christian schools as they come to the end of another year of instruction. And in that connection, we also, in the providence of God, come to a text that speaks about the, the rearing of the, of the children. And for those who are children, it also brings up the fact that it's in the not-too-distant future for many of you uh, that it will be the case that those who are like graduating from high school or graduating from college, that it will not be too long one would expect that many of you would be parents yourselves. Time goes by quickly, and we often speak of that at this time of the year, too. 
Somebody that's graduating from high school may feel that that's quite a ways off. Somebody graduating from eighth grade might think that's quite a ways off. And yet time does go by rather quickly. And very quickly we go from being children in the home to being parents who are called to care for the children of the church. And this passage speaks of the importance of us doing that according to the word of God. And as we consider that tonight, as with other exhortations as well, we consider things that we're warned not to do, and we recognize that we have a tendency to do things that we're not supposed to do, and things that we know we're not supposed to do. And when we hear what we are called to do, that each one of us recognizes that we fall short of doing that as we ought. And we're thankful for the mercy of our God that he shows us, the grace that he gives to us. And we are to continue to look to him for the grace that we need. We hear what he calls us to do. We come to him asking for forgiveness in ways we failed. And we look to him for the strength to do what he calls us to do. We do desire to do that. And we do see God's blessing in our homes. We do see faithful instruction taking place by sinful parents who love their children, who are giving instruction to their children. And we see the blessings in our generations. We see them grow. We see them mature. We're thankful for the instruction they receive in the church, in the home, in the church, and in the, and in the schools. We look at this text under the theme, Godly Parenting. We take note, first of all, a father's instruction. We take note, first of all, the reference to the fact that the father is specifically addressed. Even though we have as a theme a godly parenting, that we're all involved in caring for the children, that the father specifically is addressed here. And we look at that in the first place. Uh, then we look at some of the specific things that are mentioned. First, that we're not to be provoking. Provoke not your children to wrath. And that was also the same thing that we read, provoke not your children to anger in Colossians 3. And we look at that in the second place as to what that means and what's the danger that you know, we all are to be on guard against against why does he tell us not to do this and then secondly from a positive point of view when it talks about the bringing up of the children bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord we look at that specific specific statement there in the third place so godly parenting a father's instruction not provoking and bringing them up. First of all, with regard to the question whose calling it is to rear the children, we recognize that the text specifically mentions the fathers, as was already mentioned, that it certainly is the case that the mothers also are called to give instruction of the children and spend a lot of time giving instruction to the children. 
and rearing the covenant children. And we can look back in our own childhood, and if we've had believing parents giving us instruction, we can look back and think of how much, what effect, you know, the, that instruction, the, the benefit we received from that instruction over those many years. Sometimes years later, we can find ourselves saying things or doing things, and we recognize that the, that our mother's instruction, the things that our mothers have said to us, start to also come out of our mouth as well. Uh, and how we benefited from all those, all that time spent with, with a godly mother who gave instruction. And of course, different people have had different experiences in their childhood. Uh, and not all, you know, not all have had, you know, a, uh, a parent, had both parents that were walking in truth. So, of course, it's the case that when you talk about what it was like in childhood from one person to the next, what they would say would be quite different. But looking at it from the viewpoint of the receiving instruction from believing parents, having been on the receiving end of that, and some being on the receiving end of that now as children in the home at the present time, already as children while we're in the home, we recognize that we're learning from our, from our parents, from what they instruct us and also from what we see them do. And the example that they set and that we're all called, both parents are called to care for the children and instruct the children and, and indeed all of us are. Some of, you know, with regard to this very subject, one subject that comes up with a text like this has to do with the, the Christian schools. Because there are those that will say, now you see this text makes a specific reference to the fathers, and it does. Well then, what is the place of the Christian school in the instructing of the children? Well, we see wisdom in working together as covenant families united by one spirit in the one body of Christ, we see the, the wisdom benefit of us working together in the giving of instruction in, to the children. So on the one hand, we give instruction in our homes. And we do have fathers and mothers giving instruction to the children in their homes. But it's also the case that there is a benefit, and we're very thankful for that benefit, that we have of being able to work together with other families in the educating of our children in various subjects uh, that takes place in our schools and how beneficial it is for them to learn those subjects with others of like faith, to be instructed by those who are, teach who are uh, in agreement with us who are of like faith and who give faithful instruction to the children, how beneficial it is for us, for our children to be receiving the instruction from those kind of teachers and also to be sitting together with and studying with those of like faith and developing friendships with other adults and other children who believe the same and who have been who are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. A great benefit it is for us uh, indeed. 
Yet we do take note today about the fact that it is the fathers specifically that are addressed, and it's not only here, but repeatedly we read of that in the scriptures. Not only in the new, we read two verses that specifically make a reference to the father. And we might have said, you know, why doesn't it just say parents, but it specifically makes a reference to the father. And we have other in places too. Uh, like in the Psalms, God hath established, he hath established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them. Of course, we sing that in the Psalms. That's, a, that's Psalm 78, verse 5. Of course, you could find repeated examples of that, of references to giving the instruction, that the father giving instruction. Now, some might say, well, I mean, fathers are to make sure their wives do that. That really their wives are the ones that give the instruction and that uh, the fathers are to make sure that their, wives, that their wives do that and that they do that faithfully. Now, certainly it is the case that the mother tends to spend more time with the children. And it is the case that the father is to be, uh, you know, working with the mother in the teaching of those children. And it does serve to bring out how important it is for the young men in the church of Jesus Christ, if they desire to marry, that they marry someone of like faith who is going to give faithful instruction to the church, to the children of the church, to their children. Which is often a point that we bring up to you, young men. The importance that whom you marry is one who is showing herself to be one who is believing the truth of the word of God and is showing in her life that she is submitting to the, the word of God, uh, that she shows that in her, in her conduct, that it's very important that the young men, when they're desiring a wife, that what they're looking for is a woman that's showing godliness, a godly woman, that that specifically is what the young man is looking for. Certainly that brings out the importance of that. If the fathers are to be giving faithful instruction and if this, the woman they marry is going to be instructing their children, certainly brings out how important that, that is. It is also the case that fathers are to do instructing of the children also directly which means, first of all, that they need, to be, they need to be home enough to do that. And that is a specific point that sometimes men feel guilty with regard to. They can be so busy, and with all of the expenses that there are, there can be 
so much time spent away or out of the house uh, at, at the workplace, if the workplace is out of the house, they recognize that they are not home as, not, uh, as much as they feel they should be. And that's something that we always must keep in mind. And that men should be, when their wives tell them that they think they need to be home more than they are, you know, they're to be listening to that when they hear that. And, of course, as was mentioned, it can be very hard to do both. And that's under, it's understood that especially at certain times it can be very hard to be doing both. Yet, this passage, bringing out the importance of the fathers giving instruction, certainly does mean that the fathers are to have enough time at home and that when they are home that they're making good use of that time now of course it can also be that when the father gets home there's all these things to do there so in the sense of there's all sorts of work that he's got to do there too there's things that got to be fixed in the house there's things he's got to work on at the house it may be that that he's got work when he comes home from work, he's got work that he actually does that's related to his work that he does at home. And he's got financial things and so on. He can be busy with so many of those things that very quickly it can come to the end of the day and then you go into the next. And of course, there can be some days that are like that. But when we look at the, you know, looking at how much time we're spending in a given month, how much time we're spending over time with the children. It's good for us to be making sure that we're spending enough time with them and that we're getting and we're talking with them and we're getting to know what's going on in their lives. We can be, there can be the case that we have time with the children, but we're not as even though we're, you know, in the same place with the children, we're not communing with them to the degree that we ought to. It is important that we get to know what's going on in the, in the children's lives. And that's another area where sometimes we recognize that, you know, somebody may ask us about our own son or our own daughter, and the dad may say, you know, I don't really know that. I should know the answer to that, but I really don't. And, you know, that can, happen to, that can happen to all of us. And that's a, when something like that happens, it spurs us on that we need to be more attentive to what it is that's happening in our sons or in our daughters' lives and in the difficulties that they may be facing. You know, it can also be the case that our father or that our son or our daughter is going through a very difficult time and we're somewhat slow to recognize it. And then when we do recognize it, we wonder, why, why didn't we see that sooner? Or I saw, I noticed this or that, and I should have looked into it more than I did. Or maybe I didn't even say anything about it, and I did kind of notice it and wonder about it, and I should have looked into it. But as we hear about the difficulties our children, as we become aware of, and we should be looking, watching our children, and as we see 
become aware or perceive that maybe it seems that if they are having difficulties in various areas that it's good for us to spend time talking with them striving to encourage them and to give personal instruction personal instruction in love to them uh, being patient with them and constantly remembering that when we think of when we hear this calling we're to remember that these children are covenant children that the promises to the children no less than to the adults we think of what's symbolized by baptism the washing away of sins the daily renewing of our lives and think of how what is promised not only to us but to the children and how we're to explain explain those things the principles the doctrines concerning the covenant to the children and instruct them as covenant friends and you know with regard to uh, our father uh, giving parents giving instruction to the children very important it is for us to remember how much our how our heavenly father has taught us it may be the case that we often think of how our own father instructed us and it may be that our father has set forth quite a good example of giving instruction to the children it may be that that wasn't the case but whether that was the case or whether that was not the case it is the case that our father which is in heaven has instructed us in love he has shown us his love for us he has taught us and is teaching us by jesus christ through others and we are conscious of that we're conscious of the fact that god is instructing us you know like as we had this morning with this man that he knew how it was that his eyes were open he knew in the sense that he knew that it was jesus in that sense he knew and we also know that Jesus is instructing us. And we live in the consciousness of that. And it's good for us to point that out to our children, too. As we do to you, children, as you go through difficult times and we bring out to you, God, your heavenly Father, is instructing you. And everything you go through is determined by God. And all the circumstances of whatever you may be facing right now as God governs and directs everything. And he loves you. And he's with you. And look to him and listen to him. Hear the instruction he gives you. There may be times that he's, and it often was often times, that we receive direction through other people. And we're to hear that instruction and recognize 
that we're, that our God is instructing us, our Father is instructing us, and God's providence, this person or that person is, is saying something to us that we need to hear. Of course, it doesn't mean that every time somebody tells us something that, that, that they're correct. There are times that somebody tells us something that's not. And then we have to, you know, we recognize that in that kind of a situation, we're being, God has somebody tell us something that's not correct, and we have to look to the word and see now that that's not what the word says. Well, we recognize, looking from a positive point of view, that many people will say things to us, and we recognize that our Father in heaven who loves us is giving us instruction and that we are to heed that instruction and even when somebody tells us something like now don't be afraid that we recognize well that's that's what we read in the scriptures repeatedly and even though we say well i know i know god says that also, it's the case that in the providence of God, somebody came to you and said to you, now don't be afraid. Don't worry about that. Trust in the Lord. And so we not only think, well, I know that I already knew that. You know, God says that. I already knew that. But we also take, remember, God in his providence had this person come and say that to me right now. And it's good for me to hear that and to say, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate that. And to be looking for and receiving instruction. Now, specifically, some of the things that are mentioned here. That it says, provoke not your children to wrath. What, is, what does that mean? It means what it sounds like it means. It means you're not to get them angry. It is referring to the child's wrath. So it's saying don't be getting them angry. By what, by what you're doing. Now, if a child does get angry, does that mean it's always the parent's fault? Well, of course, that's not the case. Could be the case that parents are giving faithful discipline and the child does not want to be disciplined and the child gets angry and maybe the child takes off and even mur murmurs something like we talked about a week ago and maybe even slams the door and then we go and talk to the child about that but that's not the way you don't respond to discipline that way when parents are disciplining you in love you don't get angry like that and respond that way there can be times that there is a sinful anger somebody does not want to be disciplined and yet they're being disciplined in love and rightly so so certainly not necessarily does it mean it's the parent's fault. But of course, there are times when it may be to a certain degree 
There are certain times when it may be that a child has done something wrong and we did they were to be disciplined, but it may be that some aspect of our discipline that we do realize that we should have done something differently. Sometimes parents, uh, mother and husbands and wives correct one another with regard to that. It can be the case that the mother or the father is, you know, being too strong with the, uh, too heavy with the discipline. And it may be the fact that the other one is, speaks to that one about that. Perhaps they privately and talks to them about, about the discipline. Or it could be the case that the way we discipline and the way we went about it, that we quickly realize ourselves that that really was not, even though it was the case, that what the child did was wrong and that it was the case that they should be disciplined. And so we might at first say, but the child, she, she shouldn't have done this or she shouldn't have done that. And I've told her that a number of different times or I've told him that a number of times and he did it again and he's not listening. And yet, even though that may be true, that at the same time we do recognize that a certain amount of fault in the way that we dealt with it too. Uh, perhaps we lost our temper in the way we talked and dealt with the matter and then we feel, we feel bad about that. And then when that's the case, it is good when we apologize insofar as what we have done or what we, the way we went about it may not have been the right way. When God tells us, don't do this, we recognize that that indicates we have a tendency to do it. And we considered that last time when we talked about, or earlier when we talked about husbands and wives, and when it says about the husband to not be better, that that certainly indicates that the man ought to be on guard against that. Specifically, well, here we have an exhortation to fathers and we're told, don't provoke your children to wrath. And we recognize that we have a tendency to do that. And again, there's certainly application of this to both the father and the mother. So it's not like this is only the case, you know, of the father, but also with the mother. That, of course, leads to the question, well, how do we do that, you know? There's a number of areas where there may be a, a judgment call, and there, in fact, husbands and wives may often go back and forth on certain questions like, are our rules too strict or too lenient? And it may be that the parents are, or the children are speaking against it, and it may be that the parents talk back and forth, you know, are we being too restrictive by not allowing that? You know, and children will often bring up to us if others are being allowed to do something that we're saying they cannot do. 
And there are certain activities that we may say, no, we're, we're going to be very strong on that. We're, then that is not going to, we're not going to allow that because we're confident, we're confident that that is, should not happen. There are other areas in which different parents may rule differently on various matters. And sometimes a parent may wonder, now, am I being too strict? Is my child getting angry because I'm being stricter than I need really to be, that I'm prohibiting too much? Uh, is that the case? Well, that can be a that can be a judgment call, and parents may change their thoughts on some of these things as time as time goes on. In fact, sometimes the children will bring that up to us too, when they'll say, you know, the older children may say to us with regard to our treating of the younger children, we wouldn't have gotten away with that, and so they're telling us, you know, you've gotten a lot. You're not as strict with regard to your rules the way that you used to be. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have gotten away with that. And sometimes there may be, there, it could be on the one hand that, well, maybe we recognize we were too strict on certain rules in the past. Or it could be the other way that really we recognize as we're getting older, we need to be jolted a little bit to be more strict. Well, those are questions that Husbands and wives often will talk back and forth about. Uh, and as far as what's the discipline going to be, that's another subject that parents will often talk back and forth concerning. That it's clear that this one has done something wrong and has done something wrong again. What's the discipline going to be? And maybe one of them says, I think this should be the discipline. The other one says, I, I think we got to do more than that. We've done, we've done that before, and it's still the case that it's still happening. Those are other areas where there can be a judgment call as to what the discipline should be. We do recognize the, the danger of us not dealing with matters the way we ought to. We certainly have the example in Scripture of Eli. As we think on that story, we recognize the importance of us dealing with, with matters, especially grievous, sinful matters in a way that, that we ought to do it, following the instruction that God has given us in, in the word. There's other things that are clearly wrong. You know, it's there, the cruel treating of children, of course, is, is clearly wrong. Or the neglect of children. Sometimes children could be upset and could be angry because we hardly spend any time with them. We don't seem to really be all that interested in them. We hardly talk to them. We hardly have any, any time for them. Well, obviously, it should be the case that we're having time for them. It should be the case that we listen to them when they express their ideas. It should not be the case that we ridicule them or they feel that they express their thoughts on matters that, you know, we, we wouldn't hear what their thoughts were. That we honor them. We, we show we respect them. We show our love for them and we listen to the thoughts that they have. That we have to be on guard against discouraging them. Making them feel like they're never going to measure up to what, what we have 
the standard that we have set for them or that we don't think they're going to achieve this or achieve that and we've got a very negative view of them and how hard it would be for a child to feel like mom and dad really the way they, they, they look view me so negatively that we see the importance of us uh, not doing those kind of things that would be discouraging of course, false accusations. You know, as we considered this morning, making false accusations, well, we can apply that, we, we hear that to ourselves too. There's times when we've said something, we've made an accusation of something that we shouldn't have. And sometimes that can happen in, in parenting. We judge rashly, rashly, unheard, and or we attribute an evil motive and the child responds and is upset about that. Why did you think I did that? You were thinking bad. You were thinking I was doing something. I was neg negative. I wasn't doing that. Why were you thinking that of me? And there's times that we should rightly apologize to our children. And not fear that we're going to lose respect if we apologize. We're to, when we've sinned against our children, we should, we should apologize to them and be thankful that they, that they do forgive us. And then, of course, there's the subject of, of grievous abuse, which is a subject that you could go at length on and that we as churches are talking about quite a bit of late, whether it be a physical abuse whether it be a sexual abuse, different kinds of abuse, where somebody is walking impenitently in sin and treating the children horribly, which must stop and must be dealt with when that is taking place. And that is, that, that is such a grievous, grievous sin. And we've been hearing about that in our churches. It's very important that we deal with that rightly, is that must not happen. And when there is, when there is not repentance, such matters do have to be brought in the proper way. They have to be they have to be brought and they have to be dealt with according to the scriptures and the consistory is very important that consistories get be involved in these matters we're thankful to god for the grace that god does give to give to us in dealing with such matters and also not only to, to deal with them with regard to the disciplining of those that are, that are guilty of such grievous sins, but also the importance of us caring for, caring for those who have been abused and that we show love for them and that we help and assist them 
according to you know following principles in this regard that we are following the principles that are given to us in the scripture and also with regard to those who have sinned against children but who are repentant it is important for us to address that subject too that somebody in the past who has sinned against children but who is or a child but who is genuinely repentant there is forgiveness there is cleansing there is a washing away of sin and the scriptures tell us of that people that have committed grievous sins but who have turned from those sins are sorry for them have confessed them and are sorry for them we're to show love to them too and to show that we care about them and bringing them comforting words that they're washed that they're cleansed as the scriptures speak about various sins and say and such were some of you but you're washed such were some of you but you're washed you're cleansed you're righteous in Christ it's very important that we care about them too and now we turn to the subject of the positive instruction here in this passage about specifically what's mentioned and we've already touched on aspects of this but the wording to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord what does that mean to bring them up is a word that has as its idea nourish and it's the it was used in the previous chapter in verse 29 when it says for no man ever yet hateth his own flesh but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the lord the church no man ever hated his own flesh but nourisheth it there's the word translated nourished well we're to nourish the children nourish them in the nurture now that word nurture that word has the idea of like training and it includes chastisement sometimes it's translated that way in hebrews 12 it's translated as chastisement and then the word admonition is a word that's translated elsewhere as as admonition so one could say nourish them in the in the nurture or the chastisement and the admonition of the lord and one of the things that that certain bring out is the importance of being gentle with them nourishing 
Nourishing the children brings out the importance of us being gentle with the children of the church. That we are to be kind to them and speak kind and loving words to them. And one may think of that as being characteristic of mom, that she's gentle, she nourishes the children. And it is to be characteristic of the mom, but it is also to be characteristic of the father. And it is to be characteristic of the father, not only toward his daughters, but toward his sons as well. To nourish them and be kind in one's dealings with them. To teaching them and give them instruction in love, showing kindness. And we are to discipline also in love. So that when it says in the the nurture and admonition or the chastisement and admonition, it does bring out the words we speak and the discipline as well. What we say to them and the discipline that we are to speak and we are to discipline in, in love. Chastening in love is brought up repeatedly in the scriptures. We recognize it's important that we chasten and the scriptures even make a reference to the rod, but we recognize how important it is to use that rightly and to be slow to anger and to show that we are disciplining in love and that we are following the principles of God's word it's to be the nurture and admonition of the Lord we're to speak the Lord's word to them and we're to discipline according to what God tells us it can be the case that we get very upset about something that has to do with us personally and perhaps our own an, an expense. And we get so upset because it could be even somebody was just, you know, they weren't trying to break something, but they did something and it's now going to be very costly to us and how upset we are and the language that we use when we talk to them. And yet we can see them doing something that's just blatantly against what Scripture says, and we, speak, we don't speak nearly as strongly against them. It ought, not to be, it ought to be the case that when the way we discipline is in harmony with the Word of God. And then maybe on the one hand it may be that something they did was very costly. They didn't mean to. It was a mistake. Granted, it was a very, it's going to be very costly, but we talk to them about that in the right way and maybe they feel real bad about it. And when they do something that's blatantly against what scripture says that we deal with that the way we ought to. And that we speak strong language about the seriousness, the grievousness of, of the sin, especially when it is done repeatedly. And that we're giving that instruction in love, following what God tells us 
in his word. Now, rearing them, nourishing them, certainly involves giving them the instruction and doctrine. We mention that when we have a child baptized. which is something that we mention to you young men, too, at times, that soon, if you know you get married, you're going to be called to be the leader in your own home, and then also, Lord willing, if you have children, giving instruction to the children, you're going to have to give the instruction, pass down the instruction that you've received. Or if you just take an example, how we have our are confessions that summarize the doctrines, well, how important it is that you know them, that you can then teach these principles to the children. And as you're reading the scriptures, that you can make applications and that you can give instruction concerning the various doctrines. And not only... As was mentioned, not only that we tell them, but we interact with them some to, to get an understanding of what they understand. So that it's more than we can say, well, I know I've taught them that. But also that we've heard it come back from them, that we've heard them say, express also, and if they have questions, maybe they have a question about that they don't really understand. And that they ask a question, we see what they're having a hard time with, and we talk about it. And of course, that, this back and forth with regard to instruction and doctrine is something beautifully that continues on throughout life. That as our children grow up and become adults, what a joy that is to talk to adult children back and forth for parents and their children to talk about the Word of God together. And maybe a child is talking to mom or dad and has a question about something. And they talk back and forth about it. And how often the parents are going to learn from things that their children say, which can happen when they're very young, but can happen also more so as they get older, that we learn together. We talk together about the Word. And if we're going to give that instruction, we not only need to be doing the study ourselves, learning, but we also must be setting forth a good example how important that is. And the text that the high schoolers chose for their graduation text, Lord willing, tomorrow night, has to do with that, of the being a setting forth of a good example. And that's something with regard to the graduates and exhorting of the graduates, but exhorting all of us, and now specifically to the, the parents, the importance of us setting forth a good example, which we all at times are doing that which we ought not do, or we're not doing something that we should be doing. 
None of us can say that we're always the setting forth the example that we ought. And it's important for us to keep in mind how important it is that we show that we take heed to ourselves. We're exhorting the children, giving instruction to the children, take heed, take heed to yourself. That said, with regard to the minister of the word, with regard to the office bearers, take heed to yourself. And to the doctor. And that applies to broader to us as believers and as parents that we heed that instruction. And as those who know the mediator who laid down his life for us and who know that we are members of the body of Christ and that we are directed by his spirit, washed by his blood. May we be diligent in our work, thankful for his grace, relying upon him, and may we encourage one another in this work. May we grow, may we learn, and may we together honor the name of our Redeemer. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, our God and our Father, we are thankful, O Lord, for thy grace. We are sorry, O Lord, for our many sins. Lord, forgive us, and Lord, grant strength to us. We are thankful for the grace that thou dost give and the mercy thou hast shown to us. And we are thankful for the blessings thou dost continue to bestow upon us in our generations. Though we are weak, though we are sinful, thou hast shown us mercy and we give thee thanks. Strengthen us for the work. Continue to bless our children. We are thankful for them and we rejoice to see them grow up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless and strengthen all thy saints, we pray, for Christ's sake. Amen.